up guys and welcome back to the most bizarre show on the internet i am the one the only shane squatch and i'm orin you should start saying the magical fiasco orin i am a magical fiasco so that would be fitting (laughs) hey that might be the best nickname we've thought of yet the magical fiasco orin (laughs) mf orin MF Orin. Or motherfucker, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, either way, interchangeable. <laughs> I've been called worse. <laughs> they both kind of work. So, uh, for you guys today, we're not going to do too long of an intro. We're going to get right into this one, but we do have an interview today, which is kind of mixing it up because we've been doing a lot of uh, deep dives lately. But we figured we should uh, mix it back up and bring some interviews into the fold. And uh, as a lot of you guys are probably telling from the beginning of it, uh, we haven't done an interview in a while, so there's a lot, there's, you know, it's kind of awkward at first, but we'll, we'll, we'll include interviews back into the fold so that we can kind of get the flow going back for that. Like we've gotten too used to it f- with flowing back and forth with each other. Adding a third person almost feels weird at this point, but <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> and somebody who doesn't already know all of our jokes. Yeah, exactly. And our inside jokes, you have to like double back and explain our inside jokes. Like, I feel like you and I have gotten to a point where we're on the same wavelength. We think the same. Like, there's a point in this. Funny if you have to explain it. And they're probably not even funny, even if you do. (laughs) They're all inside jokes for people that listen to the episode. Like the magical fiasco thing. You wouldn't get it unless you've listened to our Jack Parsons series. And if you're a new listener. Which you should do if you haven't done. Exactly. If you're a new listener, go back and listen to Jack Parsons if you want to get some of our inside jokes. That's what we have to do. Just in the intro sometimes be like, oh yeah, this episode, that's where that came from. And it'll get people to go and listen to the back catalog, which is never a bad thing to begin with. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's called foreshadowing, kids. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, with that, of course, let's get into the front of house stuff. Oren, go ahead and take it away, sir. Y'all know the drill. Contact us. Social media, Instagram's where we're most active. You know, Shane's got all his handles. I'm at the Framework UFO. And then you can also get up with us uh, through the email, bizarreencounters at outlook.com. Reach out to us with any suggestions for guests, topics, anything of that nature, or anybody who wants to collab or share their own bizarre encounters. And I've heard tale that there's a new way for you guys to do that. So, Shane. So if you guys would like to report any encounters, you guys uh, can now go to the link tree. There is a tab that says uh, submit an encounter or report an encounter. Uh, There's a submission form that'll go directly to this specific email that I created just for encounters. And if you guys don't want to use the link tree, you guys can just email uh, omm 
encounter reports at outlook.com. Uh, trying to man- find a way to put them all in one spot instead of having them scattered across Instagram and everything. I want to be able to keep everything right in this email and only use that email for that specifically. So that's a new thing. Go and check it out. If you guys have anything to report, even if it's a small paranormal encounter, anything like that, um, I'm digging more into investigating some stuff too. So even if you don't want it talked about in the show, but if I'm in the area and I can investigate it, uh, now I am part of uh, Phantoms and Monsters. Uh, you know what? Some of it may get kind of pushed over to at least Lon Strickler, so he kind of has is familiar with it and everything too. Uh, but you know, I'm going to try to investigate some more of this stuff. So if anybody wants to submit anything that we can even investigate, I would love to uh, do some of that too. And uh, in the process of that, don't forget to go and follow us across social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Discord, and Telegram. I recently nuked, so now we don't we're not on Telegram anymore. I want to be able to focus more on the Discord. Uh, I'm starting to hop in there a lot more. There's a lot more interaction going on. It's starting to build up uh, more so than it has in the past, and I want to keep that ball rolling. That's why I got rid of the Telegram. So uh, anybody else that wants to pop in, come have awesome conversations with us. Uh, we were making some jokes the other day because one of the other people on the Discord uh, posted that they were wearing their Halloween costume while they were doing Zamboni cleaning in a hallway and the dude's wearing like a, like an all black hood and everything. And he kind of looks like, a I don't know, like a dark monk or something like that. It, it's fun. We're, we're making jokes in there. It, it's a fun discord. I highly recommend going and checking it out. And, uh, don't forget to follow on. And I'm an old man who doesn't understand discord. So I, I don't get in there a whole lot, but I support it, and if you guys want to interact with me, Instagram is probably the best way to do it because I understand how to do that. So, And we just got to start tagging Oren on the Discord and just drag him into the conversation. That's how it's going to go. I'm going to make sure no matter what I you post, I'm just going to tag Oren. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull you in so you have no choice but to be part of the Discord. But once a week I check it, I will see all those <laughs> notifications. And uh, don't forget to check out the YouTube and the TikTok. Uh we have a bunch of fun little clips of the show on there. I started upgrading those where now it's not just like the album cover, but it's actually like us speaking from the show. Cause I forgot how to do that recently. So upgrading all that game, uh, again, still have Which some I intentions. Really cool. By the way, I like those little, little reels you're doing. Those are very neat, including our background, the OMM logo in it. I think they look clean and neat. I like them. I dig them. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. But it's getting more professional, so don't forget to go and follow the YouTube and the TikTok, of course. Hey, like we said in the last episode, just the model of efficiency and professionalism over here. <laughs> we're getting there slowly but surely. I mean, we're one year in. I feel like by the two-year mark, we'll be ultra-professional besides our hey, stupid jokes. <laughs> we just finished our rookie year. We're good to go. <laughs> hey, we're uh, semi podcast no we're, we're like intermediate i don't want to say veterans or ogs or anything like that we're we're at least intermediate at this point <laughs> yeah i don't feel like i'm a veteran at anything <laughs> we can pretend you got to fake it till you make it that's the expression right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you guys want to support the show, you guys can always do so through the Open Minds Media merch store. Over there, you'll find stuff for Bizarre Encounters, Inquiries of All Reality. Uh, also, start including some new cryptid designs. There's going to be a lot more of those going on in the future, too. Uh, so it isn't just podcast designs now. It's also that. There's also hat designs that are getting included over there now. Uh, you guys can go and pick up some mugs and stuff, because I know everybody likes having a cool little uh, mug to be able to put their pens in, or even drink coffee out of. If you guys want to start your morning with Bizarre Encounters, you guys can listen to us and sip your coffee out of a bizarre encounters mug that's always a definitely a viable option over there on the merch store 
And uh, if you guys want to check out the merch store and get a discount all in one, you guys can go and join the Patreon. And over there, you'll get things such as exclusive merch store discounts to get yourself a little bit of a discount on our merch store. You'll get early access to episodes. You'll get lives of episodes, live replays of episodes. And for this show and for Inquiries of Our Reality, so it's a little bit more bang for your buck. That's why we call it the Open Minds Media Patreon. But definitely worth going and checking out if you guys want to support us. And uh, the third option, of course, is you guys can donate through Red Circle, which is our RSS host for the show. And uh, with that, of course, that stuff's going to go towards us being able to come out to more conventions, be able to come and meet more of you guys, get new pockets of listeners and everything. And it's all going to go back into the show because we want to keep helping to grow the show. We want to hopefully reach another milestone by the second year and get even more established. We're at least gotten to the point now where we go to conventions and everybody knows our logos and everything. So that's already the first step. But we're going to keep progressing, keep going down that path. But the only way we're going to be able to do that is with your guys' help. And if you guys can't do any of that, of course, you guys can always just share the show word of mouth, leave ratings, reviews for the show, give us your opinions on the show, uh, you know, interact in our communities and such. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to support us. So don't forget to support the show in some way, shape, or form if you guys enjoy what we do, because we put a lot of work into the show and we at least want to know that you guys are out there listening. Like we see the numbers and everything, but we want to get to know all you guys individually. So, you know, break the ice, let us know that you're a listener and we'd love to be able to communicate with you guys, of course. And if y'all are looking for something else to support, uh, you know, Joe at Crypto Theology, he's killing it with his cryptid alien high strangeness designs. If you're listening to this show, you guys will love it. So definitely check that out. And in the process of that, too, you guys can always go and check out Chattergeist. If you are a paranormal investigator, uh, it is a new device that we have a an affiliate link with now. Um, I have one myself. Uh, I can't really show you it because you guys are listening through audio, but I have it sitting right there in this little box. Uh, it's this cool all-in-one paranormal investigating device. Uh, you'll get, I, I, you guys just, I, I highly recommend going and checking it out. I posted it on the Instagram uh, and you guys can always go and follow Dimension Devices, which is the guy who created it. And the cool part about it is that that is exactly the guy who created this thing. So not that I've had any issues with this thing whatsoever so far, but if any of you guys are worried about having any issues with tech devices, you guys can talk to the programmer directly. He can help you out. He's a great guy, really easy to talk to, but you know, support our show, uh, go and check it out, uh, get yourself a Chattergeist and you our affiliate link because that again will go towards supporting the show just another way to do it and get yourself something in the process and uh everything that i mentioned including that link to that affiliate link with chattergeist and with joe with crypto theology is all available down in the show description down in our link tree so today on the show we have the self-proclaimed sexiest <laughs> podcaster in the game bruh dusty <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself man i am the certified cougar hunter and the man with the biggest set of just skin-wrapped white pool cue balls. Watch your mothers the out there. Ever seen. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Keep your mothers at be bay. Careful. Keep them locked up in the bedroom yeah. so that... Uh, actually, no, don't keep them in the bedroom because Dusty might come find them. <laughs> I'll get through the window. I'll climb through that bitch. That's starting to get into uh, creeper status, my friend. <laughs> a little bit. Hey, that could fit perfect onto my channel with a creepy encounter. But... <laughs> It's a different kind of creepy encounter. <laughs> yeah, um, we're not we're not I'm doing the the, the what's his face uh, Rodriguez. <laughs> we're not doing Rodriguez on this one. We're not climbing through windows. We're not night stalking people. That's it. The night stalker. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not that deep. It's all consensual. It's we consensual, promise. Right? Yep. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You're nothing Definitely. if not a gentleman. I assume. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I like to wine and dine first. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. 
Dusty McBalls. I am the host, producer, editor, basically everything over at the Rainy Day Horror Show where we, well, I, not we, I, well, sometimes me and my girlfriend talk anything paranormal, true crime, urban legends. I'm used to do conspiracies and alien stuff, but I kind of shot more down the true crime, paranormal, and urban legends. And I've been doing it. I'm coming up on a year, literally in about eight days. Got to give him a round of applause. I got to give up every podcaster that at least makes it to a year a round of applause because that's the first big milestone to just keep going because... Everybody that starts a show and quits, it all happens in the first year. So once you made it to that first year, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It is, it's been a, it's been a fucking trip. Okay. Like when I first started, I didn't even think I was going to get like a hundred views over the year. So I set a goal of like a thousand and over this entire year I've had over, I'm coming up by the end of this year of like 5,500 downloads over the year, which is mind blowing to me. Congratulations, my friend. Like, and that's not even necessarily like your full number too, because it goes by downloads. And I think I was texting you about this the other day. If you actually look into your listens, it's usually a lot higher. And I don't know, my theory on it is I feel like they just don't want to necessarily always pay out for monetizing, so they go by downloads. But like, who the hell downloads a podcast? You usually stream them. So I guarantee you, like, ninety percent of the people listening are streams and not downloads. So your number's probably a lot higher than you think it is. That's that's what I was thinking as I was driving home today because like that's just like yeah i don't get it it's so fucking weird it's so fucking weird just because i think it's such a new thing kind of a little bit but like nobody really explores this avenue as like a business so it's kind of just different yeah it's fun but it's also a headache at the same time you gotta have to do like side projects that's what like a lot of the people that are doing it full-time right or you know doing like live shows uh patreon seems to be a good way of doing it but I definitely agree. There needs to be more of a set standard for as far as being able to monetize and actually, because I mean, fuck, people can make YouTube videos and they make a living off of that, but there's not really a great monetizing setup as far as like podcasts go yet, even though it's a longer form of medium, it takes longer to do. So I I don't know. I feel like eventually we'll come around, but maybe it's because we're all running off of RSS instead of a particular website where they can advertise however they choose to do it. But I don't know. Eventually it'll come around or they'll try to put everything against us because they don't like podcasters because we talk about a lot of things that they don't want us to talk about. But that's that's a thing for another day. That's probably how it's going to go. Yeah. We are the most raunchy motherfuckers in the in the entertainment business. Not on this show. Sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes. <They're> clean and pure. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. It's, it's definitely sarcasm, my friend. <laughs> this is a Not house, at all. This is a house of God. Okay. <laughs> Report to two episodes back. That was our most humbling episode. <laughs> the Black Shuck. <laughs> uh, are you talking about the off-the-top rope Halloween episode? Yes, the Black Shuck. <laughs> that one was raunchy, but a lot of fun. Full-on unhinged. Talking about flame and ghost shits. That was, that was great. I'm going to keep making reference to that. It, it was definitely a magical fiasco. <laughs> that it was. Oh, yeah. And that was very family friendly. Our uh, devil sex wizard series. We did. <laughs> That's going to be oh, something my, that gets kept I, forever is that magical fiasco. And for anybody that doesn't get the joke or you started off later, go and listen to Jack Parsons and you'll totally understand why we dropped that almost every episode. <laughs> yeah. It, we need to print up T-shirts. Oh, I'll make them. I got to make one with like your face on it. That's like magical fiasco. We'll, we'll come up with it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out after the show. <laughs> We're workshopping that too. Yes. That's another workshop. Anyway. Just like your name. <laughs> <laughs> 
But getting into uh, Dusty. So, Dusty, mm. I wanted to have you on, of course, because you've had a fair amount of bizarre encounters yourself. And trying to mix it up a little bit, because I know a lot of people have heard you on inquiries when you're talking about your trail story. Uh, we're not going to do the trail story today. We're going to do something totally different. So anybody that did listen to the previous episodes with Dusty, this is going to be all new, fresh stuff. So you don't feel like you're repeating anything. But I guess without further ado, I'll pass the mic over to Dusty here so you can share your other fascinating paranormal encounters other than, of course, the trail story. Oh, where to even begin? There's I so hear many. you've got an alien story that I might I, be interested in hearing. Orin loves I the aliens. One of those. <laughs> that was funny. I don't know why I laughed. I don't. It was funny to me. I like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, see, okay. So, for people that don't know who I am, um, mine is being a podcaster. I am also gifted. And so is my girlfriend. My girlfriend is basically, a, well, not basically, she is a psychic medium and she can communicate with ghosts. She can talk, she can do all that stuff. She can do readings and everything. And I started coming into my gifts. And one of my gifts that I've had for an extremely long time is I get premonitions, which is like for people that don't know, it's like a little dream. It's a basically a dream, but it's a peek into the future. And sometimes some things and some spirits will come into my dreams and will communicate with me. Now, this one, I remember it, but just enough to be able to tell the story on it. You should write it out as poetry, and then I can call you Nostradamus Part 2. <laughs> Sorry, dad jokes. Uh, I got to make them here and there. Since, no, since nobody laughed, I got to use the drum. Uh, that's how it works. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... I'm pretty sure you guys have heard about like the little interdimensional aliens that are like three feet tall and they can like travel around and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, I know, I know my girlfriend's had an experience with one of them and I had one when it came to me in a dream and it was weird. It was really, really trippy because I was, don't know where I was, but this little, gray alien in like a black sparkly robe with like silver lining around it. And then it also had a little Pope hat that was also hmm. mainly black with a little bit of silver on it. And it was so wholesome. Okay. I would love to meet him again. All right. He just sat in my arms. Like I just held him like a little baby. And we just sat there and we just started laughing. He was crap. It was just such a wholesome moment. And it was so happy and so weird that like, I wish it would happen again. And after I woke up, I texted one of my friends that's in this business too. Um, Vicky, I don't know if you guys are familiar with her, but she is born awake Oracle on Instagram. And I asked her, I was like, I think I had a dream with an alien or maybe a real alien came through because she also had the same thing happen to her. And I was like, are they like evil? Because my experience was extremely happy and it was just awesome. And she's like, they're like people. They can either be extremely, you know, nice and thoughtful or they can be assholes. And she's, she said, you got lucky and you had a nice one come through to you and you had a happy experience with one of these little aliens. And it was so fucking weird. It was so weird. 
I don't know why, but I'm imagining him dressed up like a. Uh, I don't know, like the the Loveland frogs. Like, I imagine him having like a little wand. It's like a little occultist gray. <laughs> that's that's the image I'm oh. getting in my head. <laughs> I will. It just popped in my head. He looked like from Star Wars, the little gray thing with the oh, what was his name? I can't think of it. Talking he about the Jawas. I think so. I could be wrong. The little like the, the ones that rode around in the, in the giant like sand vehicle. Is that what you're talking about? With the little like brown hoods and the black face oh, the little no. little orange eyes no not that no not them oh i'm trying to think it's gonna it's gonna bother me it's really gonna bother me the main but dude are you talking about yoda star wars no not, <laughs> not, yoda. <laughs> not yoda i'll have but, to send you a picture of what i'm talking about because it'll make some it'll be like oh that's what you saw kind of but, looked like him but it was more of like an alien looking thing so it was it was yeah it was weird it was trippy well, I think it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that it was wearing like silver clothes because it seems like that's something that pops up a lot in these like UFO alien encounters is these entities being like, if they're not just, you know, the normal grays that appear to be naked, they've got like some sort of silver spacesuit or something like that, that they're wearing. So I think that's a pretty interesting little detail. I mean, that could even go in with the whole Hopskinville goblins kind of concept too, because I've even theorized that those there, there I have a couple different theories on those. Uh, we'll be covering that on a future episode. We kind of have everything in the works as far as that one goes, but I mean also the possibility that these things were silver or metallic looking because they're wearing spacesuits and they've kind of fit what he was saying as far as being around three feet tall uh, with the silver. So, I mean, you know, maybe it's different interpretations of the same thing, but you know, Know, maybe they could have theoretically been the same thing, but a lot of people like to imagine the Hopskinville goblins as green because that's how we started portraying them. But the original sightings of them, they're all silver or some kind of gray tone. Like they weren't, they weren't green. Yeah. Just like the newspapers made up the whole little green men thing. The people who saw it never said they were green. And that kind of goes that's into this whole right. concept about where did little green aliens come from in the first place? When a lot of reports are grays, maybe it's kind of, again, trying to deter away from the real information. That The Hopkinsville one was in Kentucky, right? Yes. Okay, yep. now I'm on the same page. Okay, that's what I thought. But yeah, that was a weird story too. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to be covering that yeah, one very one. soon. Yeah, we, we have a, a hundred different theories on that one. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be a fun one when we get to that. We, we, it's all in the works for all the listeners. We've been talking about that one for a while, but we want to make sure everything is right for it. <laughs> we're going to do stuff in pieces. <laughs> but uh, so hopping back into uh, this alien encounter, um, well, alien dream encounter, uh, have you had anything else happen as far as like seeing these things or like feeling them around you or like any other dreams that you feel like may have been related to them or even anything you're seeing in like the physical world that you feel may be related to these things because there's the whole idea about them kind of like uh theoretically like watching from afar kind of a thing um that maybe if they have like an interest in you they're like watching you to some extent um and then you always have like the missing time gap sometimes when people have like dreams like I don't know. It, it seems like if they show themselves in dreams, if it is more than just a dream, that there is usually some other extension or tie into it. It's usually not just like a single place thing and then it's done with. Usually there's there's more that ends up connecting in uh, unless, again, maybe it was just showing itself through a dream or it just was a dream at its base idea of what a dream is. I have not seen anything else, but I also have not been paying attention. So there could have been and I just, you know, because I'm, I don't know. It's not that I don't believe in them. It's just like I focus more on like my spiritual stuff and me being 
more focused on the paranormal and spirit realm. So if something weird happens, I automatically chalk it up to it being paranormal. So mm-hmm. I haven't really paid attention, you know, that because that dream will come back and forth. I'll remember it one second and then I'll forget about it for like a month and a half and nothing will come up. And then when I'm about to go on a podcast, I'm like, oh, shall I, should I share that story? And then so that's really the only times I ever think about it. I haven't thought about really anything, but like my whole life is weird. A bunch of weird shit always happens around me. So they could have, but like. I I just haven't really paid attention to it. But, you know, that's kind of something that pops up a lot, uh, like even in Communion by Whitley Stryver, like this idea that he had this encounter and then like almost like recovered memories thinking back, oh, these things visited me, you know, 20 years ago, things like that. So, you know, maybe they just haven't visited you again. Maybe this is the kind of beginning of the journey and mm-hmm. not the end, you know, that's, a possibility, I guess. Hey, you could have gotten everything replaced with screen memories too. Maybe that was just the one time they didn't use a screen memory. I mean, have you seen anything else? Uh, I mean, even connecting into like paranormal that has like large black eyes. Cause there's the whole connection with owls that they, you know, implant screen memories with owls. So people started seeing owls instead of actually them. They try to find something that's close to them and then they like replace it. And I mean, even I know you've had not getting too far into like the trail story, but like the possibly, uh, I hate using the word demonic, but like demonic encounters too. Um, I'm sure Orin could probably go off on a rant on this one about the Collins elite and them linking a lot of these extraterrestrials to uh, d- like basically like dem- demons from the Bible, essentially um, that they're the same thing. It's just people are using different name and a different archetype for the same thing. Sorry, run that by me one more time. <laughs> go ahead. I'll, I'll let Orin explain the Colin elite. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we covered this a little bit in our um jack parsons series but you know there's this idea of uh this group supposedly that was in the government um like a secret government group called the collins elite and these guys believed that like what we refer to as aliens and specifically the grays were like literal biblical demons And something we talk about on this show a lot is this idea of like language and one person's alien is another person's demon. And, you know, I think a lot of times we're talking about the same things in the realm of the paranormal. People are just calling them different things. So I think kind of what Shane was getting at, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, this trail story, these demons you encounter, you know, could it, potentially be kind of all wrapped up in this alien premonition that you had perhaps. And oh. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, but I think that was kind of the, the path you were going down. No, you hit, hit, hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> okay. Um, now I'm, now I'm picking up, <laughs> I'm picking up what you guys are putting down. Okay. I just have never heard of that before. That's, that's a whole new concept. To it's, me. And- it's some crazy shit, man. Like, um, you know, I don't know how much of it I believe and how much I think it's, you know, just bullshit, but it's wild to dig into. But anyway, I won't derail you any longer. <laughs> I I don't know. I because that it's I don't know cuz I have I've, it just have never occurred to me to think like that before and It's, 
I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, the words are there. I just can't formulate a sentence right now. I'm trying to like, I yeah, don't know if they're, uh, I'm know. sorry, but, uh, while you're kind of formulating your sentence, but like something we talk about too, is like this idea that these entities wear different masks and they can present themselves in different ways. So maybe, you know, they can choose to present themselves as a nice, friendly, gray type alien if they want to. But, you know, they also could be, you know, this hell demon that presented itself to you. I, I mean, it could be all wrapped up in the same phenomenon, perhaps. And you were talking about how you had weird beings on our previous episode that were showing themselves at your house. Did this dream happen around that time where maybe you accepted them in without actually realizing that you accepted them in because they portrayed themselves as something cute and lovable? So you almost like accepted them with an embrace. So now they, they're able to be present in your house because they tricked you into accepting them? You know, I never... That's a strong possibility. Because when I, every night before I go to, like, as I'm falling asleep and I close my eyes, I'll like, sometimes I'll just talk to myself. And as I'm talking to myself about whatever either bothered me that day or things about the future, have you ever stood in the, you know, when you stand in the middle of a crowd and all you hear are voices around you and you don't know what they're picking up, like what they're saying. Well, sometimes that will happen and it happens quite frequently. And Sometimes, you know, because I want to work on like my spirituality and just becoming more of like being able to see things and, you know, help things like help a lost soul pass on to the next realm and stuff like that. Sometimes I'll let them come through. Mm -hmm. I'll give them permission. And there's this one lady, I don't know who she is, but she, she's not nice. And I've always had these things. So maybe I accidentally let one in and it could have turned into that dream. Did you freeze? No, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to continue on with the sentence after that. No, 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 no that, that was it. That was it. I was just, but yeah, no, kind I'm, of piggybacking off of that. We've talked about like the whole like Ouija board concept before and how like these doorways can be opened and you can invite something in, but you really have no fucking idea what you're opening the door to. And that kind of seems like kind of what you were hinting at. Like you have to make yourself open and available to certain things. But once that doorway is kind of cracked open, you know, some less than savory things might could pop through at that point as well. You try to open that it's, door for your dog and you know, you're going to have some rats that are going to try to slide in. <laughs> it's, the the best way I can put it, it's basically Russian roulette with spirits. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, that's a great way like, of putting it. Like my, uh, I have a Ouija board. And when I did my paranormal investigations, I brought it everywhere with me. And after I found out because of the trail and what's going on in my house, I, my family's like, why don't you get rid of it? Get rid of it. Like if I go and I bury this fucking thing in the ground, in about a hundred years, somebody's going to come across it. Either it's going to come out of the ground or they're going to build a house or something. And it's going to be there and they're going to find it. And they're going to end up having to deal with everything that is attached to my Ouija board. And everything that is attached to that Ouija board is not nice. It is not pleasant whatsoever. I've never used it, but 
It's just the fact that I took it to really, really dark places with a lot of really, really dark spirits that I just don't want to bring that on to anybody. So I'm, people call me crazy, but I'm keeping onto that thing and I'm just going to try and pass it down through my family. I mean, I have kids and have them. You can always try to burn it. That's always an option. Because, I mean, if you try to bury it in the ground, you almost could have like a Jumanji situation where, you know, you, you may try to put it in a box, chain it shut, whatever. I feel like the best best possibility would probably be just be to put it in the ground so that it can actually deteriorate over time. But, you know, if somebody finds some kind of a box underground, uh, you know, they're, they're going to try to, they're going to want to open it. They're going to want to know what's inside. But if you let it just deteriorate and you don't put in any kind of box and it's just in the ground with the weather, then maybe there's more of a possibility of it being destroyed instead of it actually like calling to somebody. But also theoretically, if there are dark spirits attached to something, maybe they could have an effect on the decomposition process of it too. And you know, you could bury this, like say, I mean, most, most Ouija boards are made out of wood, but say it's like a paper Ouija board. Maybe you could have one of these like weird anomalies where the paper doesn't disintegrate somehow. Yeah. I, um, I also heard that if you burn Ouija boards, it destroys the vessel that they're attached to and it sets them free. So I just try to keep it. I don't know. I don't know 100% if that's accurate. I know that's just one of the rules that you can't burn a Ouija board. So I just, I'm very strict about Ouija boards and how to operate and use them because from my experience, I know how dark things can get in the blink of an eye mm-hmm. and i just so we've yeah, talked about this a bunch of times on the show that there's like hundreds of rules to a ouija board so make sure that you're fully aware of all of them before you mess with one mm-hmm. and i have not messed with one so at least the good news is i never thought of actually burning one because i hadn't actually looked into all the rules of it but like i said i haven't messed with one so <laughs> at least i'm safe there but now i know mm-hmm. if i ever do get one to not burn it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, Shane, no- the demons would be messing with you, like, sure as shit. I- I'm just quite sure. Like, as soon as you started messing with one, demons would just be on your ass. They'd be telling me stuff, like, uh, little sweet little nothings in my ear, well, th- through the Ouija board. They'd be like, oh, we're just here to be your friend. No, that's that just sounds creepy, too. No matter what way it comes across, you'd probably come across as creepy as shit, because I'm paranoid, and I'd be like, oh, hell no, no matter what it said. <laughs> Just got to use one by myself and see what happens, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, what could that, possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> uh, nothing like, you know, maybe a demon overpowering you and telling you to just murder your whole family and that's what happens, and then the whole portal's opened up inside your house. That could never happen if you use it alone. It'll be like the closet in Poltergeist. There'll just be this giant swirling vortex that just sucks everything in. I'll, I'll end reality by using a Ouija board because reality will collapse in on itself through a closet in my house. That's so funny. I had a, <laughs> I, I got a vision one time about a portal in my house, and I don't know if it's true or not. I guess I'll have to test it I out. Have tried. I, I have not. I have not, but... <laughs> When I, I was laying in bed with my girlfriend one night and we were watching something, I forgot what it was, and I got a vision and it looked like, so the walls in my house are gray and it was like, it's weird because it looked like um, where this portal was, it looked like it was like gray, like cobblestone, but it looked like it was made into a wall and I just saw a swirl going around it and I was like, what the, what the hell is this? Like and it brought me instantly, my intuition went straight to under my TV. Hmm. And I was just like, 
what the hell is this? So I texted one of my friends. I was like, can you do like a walkthrough or something and see if I have a portal in my house? She didn't find anything, but then I was like sitting there for days trying to just think and try and link this portal to whatever it could have been because it came literally out of nowhere and getting visions are the weirdest and trippiest thing ever because you'll just be talking to someone and then all of a sudden you'll just blank out and it'll be like a weird fuzzy dream and then you'll shoot back five seconds later into reality like something just takes over your body and you just continue to do whatever you do it is so fucking weird it is so weird so i don't have that particular gift but like so when you're experiencing these visions is it something you're conscious of like you know this is a vision or do you, you know, is it like an astral projection type situation? Do you go to these places or like, are you conscious that this is just a vision you're experiencing? I know after the fact, depending on the background that it was a vision because, um, the other two visions that I got before this, well, yeah, we'll say two where I was conscious when I got them. I was, I was at the movie theater and me and my girlfriend were watching talk to me. And this was right after we found out that the nasty things were in my house. And I was told by one of my friends, just don't do anything horror related in the house. I was like, okay, cool. We'll go to the movie theater and we'll watch talk to me. Well, halfway through the movie, I got this vision where this, one of these evil entities was under the, this little barely lit up light in the movie theater and it sat under there perfectly lit up. Like it wanted me to know that it was there, right? And it popped in my head and I saw it. And for me, my visions, they're like fuzzy. They're like an old television static kind of thing, like back in like the 60s and 70s. And I looked over and I saw it and I stayed looking over there for about a good five, 10 seconds because that's how long this like little vision took. And then I popped back up and I was looking directly where it was. I came back to and I was looking directly where it was standing. And I whispered to my girlfriend. I told her, hey, you know, this sums here. Like, it's here mm -hmm. with us right now. It just showed me. And the other time before that was when me and my girlfriend were leaving the trail. I thought, I didn't think it was a vision. I thought I actually saw this. But through, you know, my other visions and when I get stuff that come to, like come through to me while I'm sleeping, we were leaving the trail. And I, Shane, you, you know this one. And what happened was we were driving out and my girlfriend just looked at me and I looked back at her and I went into this vision and she got like this smile from the horror movie smile, you know, with the big, with the movie post and you see her and she's got like that Joker smile mm -hmm. came to that. And she was looking at me exactly like that movie poster looks at everybody when they walk by it. And I felt myself rise out of my body. And then my vision went away. The static, all the static went away and it was just like nothing even happened. It was, it's so weird. So just a little random fun fact I want to throw in because it's creepy as shit. So apparently during a football game or something like that, when that movie first came out, they were like paying people to like smile at the camera. So you guys can look at it. It's creepy as shit. It's uh, all these people that are doing that smile like in the background at the sporting event. Like doing <laughs> it's super fucking creepy. Yeah. There's something weird about that yeah. smile though, that it's like 
I don't know. It also reminds me of like Ingrid Cold, for example, like the whole drawing of him with like the smile and everything like that, that there's grinning man. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's something to that particular smile. Like, I don't know what it is exactly. Maybe it's like just this, maybe it's just the uncomfortable feeling that it brings that you have something happy, but you know, something's malicious and dark to it at the same time. Like, it's almost like the same kind of feeling as like uncanny Valley, for example, that it's like feels human, but it's not quite human because it's like a human emotion, but it's not quite a human emotion. Like there's just something otherworldly to that type of smile. And I don't quite know how to place it. I mean, shit, they based the whole more horror movie based on it, but mm-hmm. I didn't even tell my girlfriend about that experience until a week after it happened. Bro, I, w- I kid you not, I was petrified. Like, it scared me. And I don't get scared a whole lot. Like, not, a, like, I would say the only, like, for instance, the only thing that really scares me is the horror movie Insidious. That's it. That's hmm. all that really scares, that scares me. Anything other than that, like, I am a very hard person to scare, but that moment was just like skin crawling. So this might be kind of going out on a limb, but do you think that movie scares you because like basically the whole premise of that movie is kind of astral projection and going to these other realms and seeing these, that kind of like what you say you experience. So do you think maybe that just hits a little too close to home for you? It could be subconsciously. And Mm -hmm. you know, we don't, it's hard to pick up stuff on pick up stuff like that when you don't know your own subconscious like it's very very hard to just dig in there and what really really bothers you like the reason I don't really tell the trail story anymore is because one of my spirit guides told me that it subconsciously makes you nervous and makes you extremely spiritually vulnerable and I didn't know that yeah so uh that's really interesting to me because um you know, Jenny has shared kind of her experiences on this show and, you know, some others, but she had kind of a shadow person repeated encounter in her old apartment. And then like a lot of kind of darker things than that happened. And she basically said the same thing. Like she couldn't tell the story anymore. Like we had people reach out to us to be guests on their podcast. And she's like, I just can't tell the story again. So, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, it's almost like at some point, if you keep rehashing these negative stories, it's almost like feeding it in a way. Or calling out to them. Yeah. I mean, it could just be straight calling out to them. Like, the whole, like, Wendigo concept, for example, that the more you say it, the more it actually gets drawn to you. The more you tell a story of these beings, the more you give it energy and it's actually drawn to you and is more likely to show itself again. But that's kind of a fine line you've got to walk because I think in a lot of this stuff, it helps people to share their stories and to not feel like they're crazy and isolated and all that. But yeah, maybe there is, you know, some some line you can cross to you're almost feeding it at a certain point. Well, that's why for a lot of people that don't know when it comes to horror movies, you have to be very careful about what horror movie you watch. Because they're starting to use real demonic names in mm-hmm. these movies. Like The Nun 2, I will not say that demon's name. What whatsoever. about The Lullaby? Have you guys seen that one or heard of that one? No. Oh my god, you want to be uncomfortable? Watch The Lullaby. It's all about Lilith. And the whole time I was watching that movie, they had this chant that they go back and forth with between English and Hebrew. 
And the whole time I was watching it with Gabby, I'm like, there is something to this movie. This movie makes me really uncomfortable. There's something to these words that they're using. There's something to this song that they're using. Like, I think it's more than just a movie and they know what they're doing. And I've had a few people <clears throat> who've come on the show and talked about this whole idea that some of these beings will actually use media to be able to manifest themselves. And everybody knows that there's the whole dark side to Hollywood and that there's the whole ritualistic side to Hollywood. So maybe part of it was that you draw people in with horror movies to begin with. And then once everybody's drawn in, you got them hook, line, and sinker. Then you start bringing these real creatures into the manifold and everybody just starts looking at them as, oh, it's just a horror movie, not realizing that by repeating this chant throughout this movie or repeating this throughout this movie, you're actually like giving these things power and like manifesting them. And that one in particular, like I said, it's really uncomfortable. They talk about Lilith and I'm not going to say that name a third time, but anybody that, um, I won't even, I won't even, like, it, it made me uncomfortable. I don't know how else to explain it. I wouldn't suggest necessarily watching it unless you're really into that type of stuff. But there's just, again, something to that movie that I feel like it's something that I should like I said, I wanted to see it once to experience it, but I wouldn't watch it again. Not because it wasn't an interesting movie, but just because I feel like there's something to that movie, particularly the fact that they kept reciting this chant in English and Hebrew back and forth throughout the whole movie. And then it gets yeah. the song stuck in your head too. And that's the even weirder part about it is that for like a week I had it stuck in my head. And I guarantee you that if there is a call to this song, as they tr describe in the movie saying that it's like the song that Adam wrote for Lilith, Damn it, I said it a third time. I didn't mean to do that. But anyways, um, yeah, it's like this: the, the song gets stuck in your head. So like the average person might be like singing the song out loud and in turn they might actually be like beckoning to her by humming the song out loud. And especially when you start throwing the words into it and the chants, it just brings in this whole other like awkward, weird feeling along with it. Yeah, it, a lot <laughs> of people, I mean, when you can't see something, you kind of take it as a joke. You know what I mean? But this shit is like real. It is like it's see in the beginning when I was doing all my spiritual stuff, I thought I was invincible. I didn't have anything negative attached to me. I was just I was doing my thing. And then you realize how quick it can go south and how quick things can, you know, not every spirit's nice, not every spirit's happy. And when you it first like for me it first started with like my great grandpa. He'd come through funniest guy ever. He died when I was like two or three. I wish I would have like known him like fully. Cause like when he comes through, Oh, he is so funny. I like, I don't, I don't know the, I don't remember the physical version of him, but Oh God, I love him in the spiritual form. I think he is so funny. But once you start having a few good experiences with a good spirit, and then you go somewhere negative and you realize nothing, you know, is attached to you. And like, oh, okay. You know, it's not like it how it how it is in the movies and stuff like that. But no, it is it's legit. It's worse than what happens in the movies. Dude, so uh actually this is probably a good spot to kind of intersect into uh, some of the other paranormal stuff. And then we can kind of double back into all this so we don't just keep kind of going around in a circle as far as all this kind of weirdness goes. But uh, for the next part of it, uh, I'd like to get into some of your paranormal investigation stories that you were talking about. And then we can come full circle again back to these ideas. But I feel like we need to throw your paranormal stuff into the yeah. manifold before we continue down this path that we're going on. Like, we this do. is a perfect spot to interject into it. We do. Um let's i will talk about my asylum story so 
about it's in Anoka, so that's about like forty minutes north of where I'm at. It's like fifteen minutes north of Minneapolis and St. Paul. And there's this asylum. And back in the day it was, you know, where people were held and stuff like that, a lot of bad shit. And my me and my girlfriend, we found out that it was haunted and we went up there just to go investigate, right? Because we thought that, you know, just go visit the cemetery, see if we can pick up anything spooky. Because we all know that asylum patients, they weren't, you know, they didn't get a proper burial. They didn't get anything good. So when we got there, it took us like 20 to 30 minutes to find this asylum. And... We drove past the Anoka High School. It is so weird, okay? Because this cemetery is literally right next to their high school. It is, like, I don't know why it's there, but that's where they just fucking put it. It's just there. And so we finally find it, and it is probably March, and there's still snow on the ground. We still got, like, a good foot and a half of snow, right? So I go down to well me and Gabby we go down to the fence where the asylum is at and the gates open like wide open or somebody cut a hole in it like open open like somebody opened it up and pulled it out like two feet from where it's supposed to be latched and this is where it's trippy because this gate was like in the snow like it was buried at that spot so like you couldn't close it and you couldn't open it anymore so we're thinking like this has to be open before winter even hit and so as we're coming up to this gate we're like we're not going in there we're not it's just a bad omen if we go in there let's just not do it and so we didn't but i sat there and i took pictures And as I'm taking pictures, Gabby hears a woman, like, manic laughing, like, really, really loud. And she's telling me this because she's my eyes and ears because I can occasionally see things and hear things. But, like, she is my eyes and ears when we would do these investigations. And so I'm sitting, she's telling me everything. I'm sitting there taking photos of everything. And... I'm taking pictures of the sign that says, you know, Anoka State, you know, mental institution or whatever. And then I'm taking pictures of just the graveyard itself. And I took three pictures of the fence, right? And you see like footsteps in the snow. And I'm and they weren't <laughs> there when I was when we were there. Like they were when we came up to this fence, nothing was in there. It was just all snow, no divots or anything. First picture, you see footsteps. Second picture, you see them like maybe 15 yards from me. Third picture, you see them five, like five yards in front of me. I didn't even see them the entire time. And then on the fourth photo, they were directly like within two feet of me. And I had no clue. So these footprints were only in the photos. They weren't actually like visible to you in physical reality. So it was like almost like ghostly physical, not physical, but ghostly like footprints within like a photo. 
Yeah, yeah. I did not see them whatsoever when they weren't in the photo. And do you recall, like, having any sort of, you know, feelings that something was present during this time? Or, you know, it's just, is this something retroactively you discovered? This, so, I didn't feel anything in the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to go through the photos and be like, oh, maybe I caught something. And I did. And I didn't even catch just the footprints. I saw a spirit or I caught a photo of a spirit along the fence, but he was maybe 15, 20 yards down from me. Hmm. And he w- it looked like he was sitting down in like a chair and just sitting there. But that, that night, what those footsteps, they were the only thing that we caught because we ended up going to where the asylum stood. And after it was like, it was an asylum and then they not really like they kind of shut it down, but not really. They shut down some of the buildings and turned it into like a veterans like housing facility for like disabled veterans and stuff like that. And so we go and drive around there and we, you know, I'm just taking photos and everything like that. And up on like the entire time, me and Gabby thought that there were no like prison inmates that were claimed mentally insane and thrown into this place. Like we thought it was shut down. Okay. Cause all like half of the buildings in like this cul-de-sac where it is, half of them were boarded up. And so we're driving around, I'm taking photos and we come around this corner and behind this building, we see a white creeper van, right? And we see inmates getting out of it, shackled at the hands Hmm. and feet, walking up into the building. So I take a photo, flash on, like completely gave away our position, but that's okay. And that night when we got back to Gabby's house, I went and looked through the photos. And in that photo that I took, there was something in the tree. And I don't mean like some like bird or like a small little figure. I mean, it was massive. It had a big head. It had a crooked nose. It had like, like, you know, the, um, what is it? The alligator symbol in math class. Oh, the greater than less than sign. Yeah. It had, it had that as an upside, like, a V smile and then above it, like above its eyebrow, above its eyes, its eyebrows were pointed like jagged. Like it looked pissed off. Almost sounds like some type of like trickster to me. Like, I I don't know why, but like when I hear characteristics like that, that almost sound cartoony. My mind instantly goes to trickster beings. I will send you a photo of it. I don't know if I did. I might've, cause I know we've been friends for a while. I might've sent it to you already, but I'll resend it again. And I'll share it with you, Orin. Yeah, please do. And its eyes were like kind of oval shaped and it had the smallest pupils and its mouth. Other than it being like that weird V, it had like really sharp jagged teeth and it had its like hands up. It was so fucking weird. Weird question too, but the actual like van you saw that was unloading people, are you like... 
did you look in to figure out if there are still actually sections that are actually active or if you were possibly seeing some type of like residual haunting from like the past that maybe seem more physical because of just the veil being thinner in this area possibly? Well, funny thing that you bring that up because I know you're friends with the guys over at Strange Brew Podcast and I remember asking you how to like, can I, is it possible to get inmates on the podcast? And you were like, talk to the guys over at Stranger Brew because they did it. And that day when we texted, I was like, well, let me just see if I can even like, if there's anybody interesting in Minnesota that I'd want to do. Well, there is this guy who murdered his sister and then murdered his family. And he was sentenced probably, I want to, I'm thinking around 2014. I could be wrong, but that's what I'm thinking. And he had really bad mental health issues. And guess where he's at to this day? Anoka State Mental Institution Prison. The place that we went to, the place Hmm. where I saw those, where me and Gabby saw those inmates going into that building. We didn't know that up until that point. So it is definitely active then still. It is. It is. And the weirdest thing is there are no guard towers. There are no like checkpoints to like get into the place. It is just a road that goes into a cul-de-sac and then you fucking leave. No police whatsoever. Hmm. So if they are, if it is active, it's probably only a very small section that is active and it's probably only intended for the people that they want to keep sectioned off from everybody else, assumably then. From what we saw, there were only two buildings because after we, after that night, we were driving home and Gabby was like, yeah, in another building, I saw the exact same jumpsuits that they were wearing. Hmm. And so we're like, well, that's weird. But up until that picture and everything like that, I had no clue that it was active. I thought it was just some building for veterans, veterans assistant. That's it. So just kind of throwing this out there, and this is random, but I think it's kind of funny that both of you guys have had kind of strange paranormal experiences at an asylum with a Gabby. Yeah, that's a really (laughs) weird synchronicity as far as I'm concerned. I'm glad you mentioned it because I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Hey, I'm glad I throw you the alley-oop on that one. Whoop. That's funny. And we actually went back there a second time too. And this is where I saw my first shadow person. Hey, and I saw, I had my own shadow ex- yeah. uh, person experience of the same thing. Maybe uh, Gabby's make the spirits want to gab. That was, that was, that one was, that, that experience is weird because I don't know Shane if it, or Orin, if it's the same way for you guys, if you, but it's like you go into like this weird tunnel vision when you see these spirits, it's, Cause when I saw it, it was not fucking happy. It was upset as shit with me. And we entered through the, the gate that was open. It was open again when we went there the second time. And I was like, fuck it. We're just going to go in there and see. And as we're, cause we didn't want to step on anybody's graves because they are, most of them are unmarked and we just wanted to be, you know, polite, respectful. We start walking on the inside of the gate all the way up until the front gate. And me and Gabby look down the middle. And like, you know those like fake tea lights? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, there were like maybe, from what I could see, 
one, but it looked like the glow looked like there was multiple. And I'm thinking like, why is there somebody, you know, having tea light candles out here, the electric ones? I was like, that doesn't make sense. You know, nobody just comes and visits. Right. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then Gabby tells me that something comes through and tells her like, you need to leave now. Not in like a evil way, but like, it's not safe for safe for you here. Get the fuck out now. And as she tells me that I look up and on, cause it's just, it's just a normal square cemetery and on the, not really like the side perpendic perpendicular. Is that the right word? Yeah. Like right next to where we, yeah. Perpendicular to us. There was a spirit. Hmm. It was six, four at least. And this dude was taking steps so fucking big. He was on a fucking mission. He had like two, three feet between each step and he was power walking his ass towards us. Okay. I saw it. My jaw dropped and I was like, oh fuck, we need to go. And I looked at my, I looked at Gabby. I was like, nope, we're going. And she's like, why? I was like, just keep walking. Let's go. And we ended up leaving and if she was here because some other weird shit was coming through to her and talking to her, um, like the first time when we left, there was this really, really evil spirit. And he said something. I can't remember what he said, but he said something to us. Well, to her. God, I wish I could remember it. But yeah, it was, it's just the weirdest fucking thing. And we haven't been back since. It's a very, like if you're going into paranormal investigation and if there's any Minnesota listeners here, that's a good spot to go. Or not it's a good spot, mellow. depending on which way you look at it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But it's mellow. It's not like, you know, you don't, I don't personally, me, me and my girlfriend, we don't think that it's something that could really, really hurt you. But, you know, there's always precautions that you have to take with this stuff. Rule one, don't bring anything so, home with you, no matter what it is. Even a rock, don't bring it home. <laughs> So, uh, Dusty, before we kind of start wrapping up a little bit, uh, we talked before we started recording. Uh, I hear you have some thoughts about the Warrens that uh, you might like to share with us. Fuck the Warrens. <laughs> Just, oh my God, I hate them with the burning passion, okay? I don't even know where to start with these two old fucks, okay? But it's just like, from what me and Gabby researched, um... Ed had a mistress while he was dating Lorraine and got that said mistress pregnant and turns out that mistress was underage, forced mm-hmm. to forced her to get an abortion. And then on That's top of that- That's very Christian of him. Oh yeah, yeah ultra Christian. <laughs> and then also on top of that, minus him, you know, not wanting to tarnish his, what is it, status- he ended up like, what is it? They would, when they do, um, fuck, what's the word? Investigations, that's it. When they would do investigations, they're allegedly, Lorraine would actually bring dark things with her, like dark entities with her. Don't know if that's true, but if, if you want to look it up, it's on the internet, trust me, okay? And I've also talked to other psychics, mediums that are in this genre 
And they also say the same thing about the Warrens. It's always been fuck the Warrens. Mm-hmm. And they, when they were done investigating a place, they'd be like, hey, can we write a book on it? And they'd be like, sure, yeah, but we'd like to have some of the money. And Ed and Lorraine would be like, okay, perfect. They wouldn't cut them any check. They would take all the money and run. And Lorraine would be abused by Ed, um, like verbally, physically, and sexually. And then on top of that, when Lorraine was, because Lorraine was the only one alive for the Conjuring movies, they made everybody on set sign an NDA and all the movie producers sign an NDA saying that they can't say anything about the abortion, the mistress, basically all the fucking lies that they have done. And I just watched, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, it's about Arnie Johnson and his, you know, demonic killing, whatever he did. There was some bullshit quote that he threw in there. And he said, after, you know, the demon attached to me and I killed said, you know, dog, shelter guy, whatever. Um, and I went to jail, did my time. I have had no, like, after I went to jail, nothing happened. I had no more demon, which is bullshit. Because if you are in this industry and you know about the paranormal, you know that they just don't get up and fucking leave whenever they want. When they attack. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. When they attach to you, they want you specific. Well, from what I know, they want you specifically. Okay. They don't just leave and just be like, okay, whatever. Fuck it. We're done here now. Pack up and leave, boys. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> like Jack Parsons, we're on to the next thing. On to the next. But no, it, it's funny we're talking about this because it was like, maybe it's been in the past week or so. Maybe it was last weekend, but I guess they had like some kind of Warren's paranormal con in New England somewhere. And they had Arnie Johnson like taking pictures with people at this conference. And, you know, I haven't dug super deep into the Warrens, but like something about that just didn't sit right with me. It's like, okay, at the very least, this dude still killed somebody, you know, and to like be mm-hmm. taking pictures with him and him on the convention circuit. Like, I, I don't know. Something just seems a little icky about that to me. I mean, on top of the fact that that was the first time they ever tried to use possession as a defense in court as to why the murder happened. So just another one to look into. That's just super fucking weird that the he, they they literally tried to use that as a defense in court, which obviously and not everybody believes in the woo-woo. this dude like the ultimate benefit of the doubt that, yes, he was possessed when he, he still killed somebody. You know, people are like taking pictures with a murderer like. Uh, I I don't know. Like I said, it just felt weird to me. And I think it's really funny that that just popped up and we're having this conversation. Yeah, they are just... For the hardcore and the true paranormal investigators that go out and actually do the right thing and do the right shit, they fucked it for all of us. Because not only do people think we're a joke now, but it's also for the fact that the Amityville horror is fucking fake as shit. And mm-hmm. I always thought it was real. I thought the Warrens were legit. When I watched the movies, I was like, hey, that's probably how they were. And even on, um, there was this old show when I was in middle school that I watched called Paranormal State. And it was just a bunch of high school students and they'd have Lorraine come on sometimes and do walkthroughs and stuff like that. That's when I first heard about them. And I always thought that they were legit, but it's just, they're just icky people. Anybody that does anything like that rips a family off for their story and their money. It's just, 
it's just bullshit. Like they're whole, they're all bullshit. The, I just hate the Warrens. They're just piss me off. Uh, well, yeah, now I've only scratched the surface on this, but like, I've not really heard anything positive about them. And just from my very limited amount of research, it seems like apart from all the other ickiness that we've talked about, like just in a pure paranormal investigation sense, it always struck me that like they viewed everything through such a strict religious lens that they were willing to accept nothing other than, Oh, these are demons. You know, mm. like it just seemed very narrow minded to me. And I understand, you know, these are people who were born a really long time ago. That's just how the world was back then. But even taking out all the, you know, ickiness, I still think a lot of just their paranormal investigations leaves a lot to be desired. Well, even if you look at the, you guys remember the Conjuring 2 with the whole Enfield poltergeist and everything like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the story, the true story behind that is they went there. They weren't, the church did not tell them to go there. One day they fucking showed up at their house and said, hey, we're here to do an investigation. Let us in. And the family was like, no, go the fuck away. And they literally stayed outside of their house for, I think, an entire day until the family kind of gave up and just let them do whatever they want, whatever they want. But they were not there helping them out, like how the movie and how everything portrays them. Right. So it's just this whole and like a lot of people think the Annabelle doll is now fake. And I did an episode on it. And I am a very, like, I'm okay to admit when I was wrong. I will admit when I was, when I'm wrong and my research wasn't as good as it needed to be. And I overlooked some things and I try to make it fit this story that I was trying to tell with this pod, with, with that episode. In that episode, there is a motorcycle group or not a motorcycle group, but a boyfriend and a girlfriend. They went to the Warren's house saw Annabelle, made fun of Annabelle, and then the girlfriend and the boyfriend got into a serious like car wreck on the way home. Boyfriend died, and the girlfriend just barely lived. Their names were never released. The priest that would go there and bless the house, his name was never released. A lot of the priests that dealt with Annabelle were never released, and they never came forward about anything. So, it's just, it just kind of like, I don't want to say proves, but it just like kind of taints the whole thing on Annabelle, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's just bad. I think they're bad people. I don't think they were doing it to help people. For me personally, it looks like they were just doing it strictly for the money. When in this, when you're a paranormal investigator, it should not be like that, you know? You want to help these spirits move on to the afterlife and eventually get reincarnated and come back to Earth so they can, you know, have another shot at life. Well, kind of something we've talked about on the show a lot is, you know, nobody really has the answers to any of this stuff. But as soon as somebody claims they have the answers and then when they start charging money for the answers, like that's pretty much a red flag right there. And that person's probably full of shit. And I think, you know, just from what I've heard from you and other people and the little bit of research I've done, it seems like they fall kind of squarely in that category. 
they're like yeah. the old school ghost adventures. You know, they're just doing it for for thrills and for entertainment purposes and to try to profit off of that. <laughs> so it takes away from the real research because people are expecting this huge extravagant encounter every single time they go against the paranormal, not realizing that most of it's pretty mundane, just objects moving, little things happening. But because of if them, that- they set the bar high. So now it's like... You know, anytime you watch a ghost show, you're expecting that there's going to be stuff thrown across the room. There's going to be people getting scratched. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. And same with the Warrens. Every single case they did, this huge extravagant thing that can get turned into a movie when that's not what paranormal investigating is about. There's a lot of cases, too, where they supposedly, like, added stuff that never happened to it. And when the families that encountered these things were asked about it, they were like, yeah, this never happened. This never happened. Like, they added a lot of extra details into their books. And I've heard a lot of that, like you were kind of mentioning with the Annabelle thing, with all the unnamed people. It's really easy to, uh, you know, it can go one of two ways. Either it's these people don't want to be associated with it, so they don't want to give their name. Or two, you can't look up these people because, they're, you know, you can't look up the, the case because these people's names aren't given. So then it's just up in the air. Did it happen? Did it not happen? You don't know. Cause you have no way of being able to check back and look into it. When I was watching the documentary on Arnie Johnson. Okay. I was comparing it to the conjuring three. Cause I was like, you know, it's gotta be, obviously they'll embellish a little bit because it's Hollywood. They have to just to make it entertaining. So I understand that. But I was like, I expect 90% of the conjuring three to line up with this documentary. And it's not what it was at all. I was waiting for the witch that put us on that family to pop in and be like, yeah, there was a witch that actually put a spell on us and hexed us and everything. No fucking witch ever appeared. Well, and I feel like even in the movie, like maybe I missed it, but I don't, did they even explain like why the witch hexed the family? Like I thought I was just like missing something when I watched that movie. Like that seemed weird to me at the time. I can't remember. I I haven't seen it for a while, but I yeah I can't remember how that witch got involved because yeah I know we that- just watched it like last week and like I, I don't know maybe I missed it but I never saw the connection between the two. So only thing that I can remember is how she was linked was the priest that Ed and Lorraine went to in the movie happened to be her dot his, his daughter, and she went off on some dark tangent i guess but i I can't remember why she hated yeah but i don't remember like the connection between the witch and the daughter like cursing yeah the family and like i don't know either i can't remember that either yeah okay oh i feel better that i did (laughs) just didn't miss it (laughs) yeah but yeah they're just they're just nasty the whole doc like if you're gonna pick a real case like the possession if you have you guys ever seen the possession Mm-mm. Yeah, the one with uh, it's about, about the box. The Dybbuk box. Yep. Yeah, the Dybbuk box. That is, I think that I haven't done a whole lot of research on it, but from what I've heard, I think it's pretty similar. And you can, people understand, us horror lovers, we understand that you have to embellish a little bit, but try and stick to it as true as possible, okay? We will probably love it more if it's more true to what it is than like an Annabelle comes home where at the end, all of the evil spirits in their room are running rampant through the fucking house. Which, throwback, Shane, the Black Shuck is in that movie. Is it? Yes. <laughs> Dude, I was going to even say Just with an episode on that. The yep. possession, at least, I know for that movie, so the box itself was something that was... M- 
just somebody had on eBay and they were trying to sell it to somebody else. And this guy bought the box and he tried to open it and he had all this bad stuff happen. And I believe he tried to resell it to somebody else, but there wasn't necessarily like, like the box itself and the story of the box is right in that movie, but it's, is if it got into somebody's hands that was never part of like the story. Mm -hmm. So it's like the things that happened from the box were, were close to theoretically what happened, but there was never like a point in the box's history where like a little girl bought it at like a garage sale. So all of that was embellished, but it's all based around just the box itself. Uh, So even, like I said, even that one based on a true story, because they take the folklore based around the box or, you know, the paranormal encounters based around it and then put it in somebody else's hands. That's completely their story. Yeah, I would I would love horror I would love paranormal movies 30 times more if they actually stuck true to the story and just embellished it just a tiny bit, okay? Just make it a little bit. You don't have to go all out like Annabelle comes home. You don't have to do that. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. We definitely get a lot on Spotify, which I greatly appreciate, but I'd love to get a little bit more load up as far as the iTunes go. Uh, make it so that we get more reviews that we're able to read on the show because of course we want to give you guys a shout out so if you guys are on the apple side of stuff don't forget to go and check us out and leave a review or rating on itunes and if you're on the android side we'd more than appreciate all of your guys reviews and ratings on spotify and as always reach out to us either through social media through the uh email bizarre encounters at outlook.com the new email for your own encounters just get up with us somehow You guys know how the internet works. I'm sure y'all can figure it out. Anybody who's listening to this show is smart. We know that. (laughs) We we at least hope so. I mean, (laughs) they they are listening to us speak, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm going to hope it's a good thing. How smart can they really be (laughs) if they're listening to us? We're just kidding, guys. We absolutely love you. You guys are all the most intelligent people on the planet. Just... I don't I can't say just like asses. us, but yeah, we're the dumbasses. You guys just listen to us. <laughs> and uh, every single thing that we've mentioned is all available off of the link tree, which is available down in the show description, including the new tab for reporting your encounter. And in the process of that, if you guys report your encounter to us, don't forget to report some of your encounters to Phantoms and Monsters because Lon Strictly does a great job over there. I am now part of his research team, as I've mentioned a few times, and I'm going to stop mentioning it now because I feel like I just keep saying that too much. But I got to throw it over to him too. Don't forget to report encounters to us and to phantoms and monsters because it will get covered by us and phantoms and monsters by a lot of awesome investigators. And if you drive past it over to us, of course we are able to share it and talk about it on the show. If that's something that you guys want, but there'll be a back and forth. If you guys send us an email, I'll shoot you a message back and uh, we can kind of figure out what exactly is your intention with sharing the tale. If you just want to share your story or your encounter, or if you would like to be talked about on the show, but regardless of that, uh, I have been, the one, the only Shane Squatch. And I've been Oren. And guys, I tell you every single episode because I worry that you guys forget. But I got to tell you weekly because it's a mantra and I want you guys to always be yourselves. And don't forget to always, always stay bizarre. 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 Dusty McBalls? Bizarre. <laughs>